Carbon Click has carbon analysts that go and do their own selection and due diligence against the projects. We say that we're somewhat different um, because we don't treat carbon offsets as commodity offerings. We do a curated uh, a curation of a portfolio of projects that we feel are above, like I said, above reproach. So um, first of all, we make sure you know some of the industry standards like Golda, the gold standard are applied. And then above that, we do our own additional due diligence to make sure that these projects have meet our standards for additionality, for permanence. Welcome to Sustainability in the Air, the world's first podcast dedicated to sustainable aviation. Our mission is to show the many paths to net zero for an industry that is one of the hardest to decarbonize. So every week we speak with airline, airport, travel and technology executives to help separate the signal from the noise. Whether you're a frequent flyer, an airline executive, if you care about sustainability or just love traveling, Welcome aboard! This is a show by Simplifying, who have been helping build trust and travel for over 15 years. This season of the podcast is brought to you by Sirium, which is empowering the global aviation industry to reach a more sustainable future with the most accurate aircraft emissions data. The show is also supported by Carbon Click, leaders in managing carbon offsetting programs for top global airlines. Without further ado, here is your host, Shashank Nigam, CEO of Simplifying. While carbon offsetting has always been in the news of late, not necessarily for the right reasons, you will learn from Seth at Carbon Click that their focus on hyper-transparency and ensuring that their offsets are of the highest quality helps build trust. What's more fascinating is you will realize that Seth, who is a veteran in aviation technology, recently moved to the field of sustainable aviation to lead technology at Carbon Click thanks to this podcast. I'm incredibly honored and humbled to have Seth as a guest. So please join me in listening to Seth from Carbon Click. So, Seth, you and I have known each other for over a decade. We've met in places from Park City, Utah to Singapore. Uh, and I am very curious, what did you do at Navitaire and what are you doing now at Carbon Click? Yeah, so I joined Navitaire. I was at Navitaire for over 20 years. Um, during my time at Navitaire, uh, we supported airlines, uh, a lot of low-cost airlines around the world. I remember the early days uh, with JetBlue sitting around and and brainstorming ways to, hey, could we could we charge for seats and could we charge different amounts for different seats? And lo and behold, um, they were brave and they were innovative and experimented with it. And now it's ubiquitous around the industry as a as a strong air ancillary revenue source. So I was a product guy. I was always thrown at new airlines, new products. Uh, um, and doing a lot of ideation, doing a lot of implementation, and really just uh, supporting our airlines as uh, the industry changed and, and helping them be successful. And that was really fun work. And, um, you know, like anything else in life, you like to learn, you like to grow. And one of uh, the areas where I, I was starting to learn was, was in this area of sustainability. In some ways, you were a part of that journey and that eye-opening awareness. Um, 
And that actually led me uh, to Carbon Click. I saw uh, Dave and Michelle um, interviewed on your podcast, and I uh, made a connection and started to offer them uh, some networking help to people I knew in the industry and airlines and airline people. And uh, I had really a lot of fun doing that and brainstorming um, integration and partnership opportunities with them. And so um, I joined them um, to, to, to help them with that journey and to help myself with this uh, growth journey into the area of sustainability, which has become kind of an obsession and a, a passion of mine, I guess. So let's dig this a little further. Many people are interested and curious about many topics from chat GPT-4 being released to what's happening in politics. But just because you're interested in politics doesn't mean you go run for uh, president office next year, right? You are saying you listen to this podcast, specifically the episode with Carbon Click co-founders uh, Dave and Michelle. And you made a decision to switch a 20-year career at Navitair to join an uh, up-and-coming sustainability tech startup. Am I hearing this right? Yeah, I never said that I was, you know, a low-risk kind of uh, guy. I, I love adventure. Uh, I did some 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 work on myself, and I found out that I, I need to be involved with uh, adventures, with compassion, with connections. So, um, yeah, I, I made a big leap uh, to... Uh, to a much different environment from corporate to startup, from uh, commercial systems to sustainability platforms. I had to learn a lot about the science because I'm not gonna uh, develop something, I'm not gonna promote something that I don't believe in or don't understand. So um, I started reading and learning and, you know, but, but really Shashank, this all wasn't just an overnight aha moment. I mean, I, as you know, I spend a lot of time in the outdoors. I've always been a passionate uh, user of the outdoors, and in, and and you can't you can't spend time in the outdoors and um, explore the outdoors without without wanting to protect it. And so this was just a natural fit for me when I wanted to um, get involved with something new and interesting. And um, the more I sort of learned about carbon click and and learned about really sustainability. Uh, the more interested I, I became in terms of, hey, there's things that could be done to move the needle. There's not one silver bullet, but there's a lot of things that could be done collectively. And I just sort of decided to dive in headfirst. This is remarkable. I do know your adventurous streak from being an avid swimmer to, to you know, all the hikes uh, and outdoors that you love. But this is you know, life-changing. And I love that you are pursuing a mission. Let's talk a little bit more about Carbon Click. Carbon Click, of course, is the sponsor of this season of this podcast and has been for the last two seasons. Incredibly thankful for your support. But offsetting, or specifically carbon offsetting as it comes to travel, has been under the fire lately since we, you know, launched the podcast. What is it that keeps you believing in the mission of Carbon Click? And what is Carbon Click doing differently especially in the light of these allegations around authenticity of tree planting or effectiveness of uh, things like tree planting at all. Well, I'm, I'm glad you asked because I take this, like I said, I take, I take what I do very seriously. I take my integrity and, uh, very seriously, as does, I think, the whole Carbon Click team. Um, you know, when I went over there uh, to New Zealand and spent some time with the team, 
Um, nature is everywhere. The team lives it. Um, they take the bus to work. They they drive electric cars. They they live what they pre they practice what they preach. But you know you hear these arguments and you hear these rather loud uh, voices uh, from activists and and in the media. And you do need to dig down, and I had to dig deep into understanding. Okay, what are we doing here, and 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 how can I feel comfortable that it's above reproach, uh, and and that it can stand up to some of that um, that criticism. And so I I did a lot of my own research. I used um, the resources uh, that I had available to me from the team and, and just from the the broader sustainability um, world and. There's a lot of science behind um, offsetting and, and, and around sustainability. So the first thing I had to do is reconcile the fact that am I selling a product that's allowing companies to um, just sort of say, I'm going to offset and then I'm going to, um, that's my blank check to just keep doing business as usual. So one of the things that Carbon Click does and that I believe is, is, is important is we tell our um our customers, our partners, that if you want to sell offsets and use offsets as, as your solution, you must first work on reduction. So there's not one silver bullet to solve climate change. The first thing everyone should be doing is coming up with their reduction strategy. And so in the airline business, that means everything from SAF fuel in the nearer term to investing in hydrogen and perhaps electric hybrid for regional um, Flights, a lot of the topics that you've been covering. Um, there's even simpler things uh, on the reduction sphere. I had an interesting conversation a few weeks ago in Singapore with um, a, a company that provides an in-cockpit um, software for pilots. You know, pilots' behavior can dictate the burn of fuel in in in, in an aircraft. So things like route choosing routing, uh, making sure your aircraft uh, is being flown as efficiently as possible, making sure you're renewing your, your aircrafts to the, the most uh, efficient. And all of those things um, not only save airlines money, but they reduce the overall emission that an airline um, is producing. So if, if, if a company doesn't have a reduction strategy, probably I don't think they're a good fit for Carbon Click because we say reduce first and then mitigate the rest through uh, offsetting. In terms of the criticism of offsets themselves, um, I do believe that not offsets are all created equal. And I've had to, to really understand that because I need to understand it more than just at the surface. Carbon Click has carbon analysts that go and do their own um, selection and due diligence against the projects. We say that we're somewhat different um, because we don't treat carbon offsets as commodity uh, offerings. We do a curated, uh, a curation of a portfolio of projects that we feel are above, like I said, above reproach. So um, first of all, we make sure, you know, some of the industry standards like Golda, uh, the gold standard are applied. And then above that, we do our own additional due diligence to make sure that these projects have meet our standards for additionality, for permanence, and I can give you a lot of resources on what that means, but um, <clears throat> we do we do our, our homework and we make sure that uh, also the social standards of these projects. We want to make sure there isn't slave labor being used uh, to manage a, a massive forest in the developing world. We want to make sure those uh, social standards are also applied. 
So there's a lot of science behind it, Shashank, and there's also a lot of effort to make sure that these projects are well curated. It's very interesting what you're saying, that you are already taking gold standard and vera, verified projects and then applying your own additional checks and balances on them. When news like greenwashing claims and the questionability of offsetting comes out, what kind of conversations do you have with your clients, like Etihad Airways, for whom you're powering the offsetting program? How do you reassure them that what you're doing is right and that you're above the fold here? Well, we have conversations with our customers like Etihad and internally to make sure that we're not just sitting uh, without understanding that criticism. And so what we do is we, we have the, the frank conversations with our customers, uh, even with experts within our own um, field, and, and we make sure that we are evaluating that criticism because there are um, certain projects that are better than others. And we want to make sure we're staying away from projects that are going to um, not be the best, uh, both from a perception perspective or from a reality perception. Um, we also have a lot of flexibility. So we have, as I mentioned, we have a, a curated list of what we call meaningful and, and um, premium offsets. And we can um, work with our customers to, to see what meets their needs and, and maybe um, addresses any perception from their marketplace. So we, we, we work with them to apply the right offset projects um, based on the science, but also based on perception. When it comes to science, your technology currently allows airline passengers to offset their carbon footprint for a flight. How does it work? Run us through what is the product like? What does the product currently offer to passengers and to airlines? Yeah, so our platform is really um, a technology platform that allows um, offsets to be offered um, during an e-commerce transaction. We're talking about aviation today. We also have deployed our platform in other industries. So if you have a Shopify store and you want to enable um, uh, a green button uh, to do offsets for your fashion brand, we can do that as well. But if, back to the aviation use case. Uh, our biggest use case. During the booking flow, uh, we'll get some information uh, about the flight specifically to the aircraft type, the flight, uh, the load factor of a flight and a market, and we'll pass that into a calculator and we'll calculate this is the footprint of your flight. Now, what some people don't know is not all um, flights are the same. If an airline has a, a certain uh, efficient fleet, that's going to be a lower footprint than a less efficient fleet. Um, taking a connecting flight is going to have a bigger impact than a direct flight. Um, I can, um, if my aircraft is half full, that's not going to be, that's going to have more of a personal impact than, than a fully packed flight. Uh, flying economy class versus business class uh, can have a, a significant impact on the footprint. So we, we take in the inputs, we calculate the flight, and we try to have as frictionless as possible, but a clear offer to the consumer to say, hey, here's the impact of your flight. Are you interested in um, taking some action? So we're really allowing the airline to engage their customer to support uh, collectively sustainability. We also offer um, the airline's corporate partners the ability to say, we want to offset all of our corporate travel. That's a, a really important thing for some of the um, employee bases in certain parts of the world. The younger employees want to work for companies that are doing the right thing. So we 
work with companies who want to offset all of their uh, travel, um, their business travel, their necessary business travel. And again, as I mentioned, we want to do this alongside um, working with our airlines and, and working with others in the industry in the sustainability world on reduction strategies. Very interesting that you mentioned reduction, right? Reduction can be on the corporate level, like what you're talking about, but reduction is also on an individual level. So me as a flyer or me as a customer, usually taking a flight is the largest proportion of my carbon emissions. I could be you know, eating vegan food, driving electric cars, taking public transport, walking a lot or cycling, and all of that added up is less than what I might emit on a flight across the Atlantic or a business class flight, uh, even across the US. I believe you also offer tools to individuals to subscribe to offset their uh, footprints. Is that right? We do. Um, you know, once you maybe found us through an airline, so you've purchased an offset for a flight, you'll get a receipt. And um, that can be the start of a personal journey. We have a, a, a product called My Carbon Click, which would allow you to go in and, and assess uh, your footprint, both aviation flying and other uh, sources of your footprint and uh, sign up for a subscription. But, but, but let's talk about reduction and measurement for a while. Um, I think it's just as valuable. It's valuable that we're, we're selling offsets, but it's just as valuable that we're making the consumer aware about the footprint of their flight. If, if a business traveler packs four days of meetings uh, into one trip in a region, versus taking four separate trips over a quarter, that has a significant impact. That can reduce that person's uh, travel impact by um, as much as uh, 20%, 80%. So um, the awareness of displaying and engaging them in understanding that there is this thing uh, called uh, a carbon footprint of a, of a trip is the first step in, in changing behaviors. So I would love for Carbon Click, uh, to, to sort of have some stress in our business model because everyone sees uh, all of the calculations and all of the airlines work on reduction strategies and, and there isn't as much of a need for offsetting. That would be great news for, for, for the, the planet. <laughs> right, absolutely. Let's talk about uh, now that we are on the individual footprint. I have been a frequent flyer. I have made it very well known that this year and the last year I have focused on intentional flying. So I, I truly believe travel and flying makes the world smaller and better and makes our society better. It's, it is essential, but I have seriously considered how much I'm traveling. So a few years ago, I took 75 flights. Just before COVID, I took 45 flights in the year. And last year, after really consciously thinking when I'm flying and where, I took a total of 15 flights, including for all work and personal. Like me, I believe you are a frequent flyer as well. In fact, you're a Delta million miler. How do you reconcile being uh, having flown a million miles on only Delta? And this is excluding places like Qatar, where Delta might not have flown to and you might have flown other airlines. Having flown a million miles or more, how do you reconcile this with your newfound passion? Uh, towards making the world greener and traveling right. Yeah, I, I don't know if I'm glad you asked that, or or if it if it's if it's opening up a, a an area of conflict for me. Um, I'll be really honest with you. Um, I was I was blissfully unaware. I was one of the guys who loved chasing status and miles because uh, the more you fly, the more uh, 
the airline makes it a, a really uh, pleasant experience. Um, so yeah, I think it was ironically um, just recently since I've joined Carbon Click that I got my million miler uh, status. And um, not because I was flying so much more, but just coincidentally, I was on the cusp um, uh, before COVID. So normally I would have been thrilled, million miler, I get a few more perks. Now I get the flight attendant and the, and the, the check-in staff sort of recognizing me and thanking me for, for being a, a, great fly, a great customer. And all that feels great, but you know, I'm no longer blissfully unaware. And, and, and now I have this conflicting feeling. And so I do take that uh, personally. I recognize the hypocrisy there and I'm trying to reconcile it to this day. How can I do this? So sure, I can offset, but ultimately offset is, is a short-term mitigation. Uh, what I really want to do is I need to reduce personally. So uh, the reason why it's so conflicting for me, Shashank, is that I, I really struggle because I think of all the relationships, both professional and personal, the relationships, the experiences I've gotten from traveling. I, you know, I've, I've gotten some perspective on the world. Probably some of the perspective that has led me to sustainability is because of my compassion or my experiences with people around the world. Um, I've, I've imparted that compassion or that perspective on my children, that worldview that worldview my daughter's about to go to college and and she's talking about wanting to go to a place with a global uh program a global mindset where she can learn more about people from other parts of the world so yeah i have i have this conflict between wanting to connect with the world which travel has allowed me to do uh but not wanting to destroy the world while i'm connecting um so um Intentional travel is is an important part of it. Um, I've recently, since co I saw during COVID how you can reduce your travel. I, I reduced it to zero and I had a wonderful uh, experiences close to home. So part of it is just remembering um, um, what you can do in your own backyard. But second, secondly, um, I think, um, like I mentioned, instead of me going and flying um, four separate trips, over a period of two months, is there some way I can plan a, a, a regional visit and, and hit um, four or five customers within a week or two? I think that's something we used to fly. I think you and I both have flown, you know, halfway around the world for a half day meeting. I, I don't really want to do that anymore, and I'm not going to do that. So how can I get the most value uh, from these trips and reduce them? You're right. This is a dilemma I have myself felt, especially, you know, as travel ramped back up after COVID, after the pandemic in a couple of years. I wonder how frequent travel travelers and frequent flying will reconcile with the need for, with, with the fact that airlines are polluters, right? Airlines typically, you have to burn fuel to pollute. And there is no short-term solution to reduce that pollution dramatically or to make it true zero. You can only make it net zero. Uh, do you think something like a frequent flyer tax or an auto offsetting for based on how much you fly should be part of a frequent flyer program? I want to be careful because I know that there's different perspectives here and, and I might maybe um, have a different perspective than others. Certainly, uh, I'm sure some of our customers would, 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 would think differently than me. Uh, I do believe that it needs to be brought into the economics 
of the way we live, uh, the cost to the planet. So I believe the first step is, is a vo voluntary approach that we're offering. And so I, I'm, I'm heartened to see a lot of companies as part of their ESG strategies and as far, part of what their investors want to see, it has to have a sustainability, a reduction and an offsetting aspect to it, a sustainability aspect to it. Um, but in addition to that, I do think the compliance market will change. The legislation will emerge to make it more equitable and consistent across the industry. Um, so I, I hope that companies do the right things. I see large enterprises buying forests. I was talking to Accenture and learned about the forest projects. They develop their own offset projects. They're so big, they can do that. They can, they can do that. And, and I talk to a lot of companies and consumers that are, are doing that, taking their own steps to, to offset on a voluntary basis. But I don't think that necessarily is going to be enough to move the needle in and of itself. We're seeing some legislation in, in parts of Northern Europe and in uh, even New Zealand that is, is starting to hint at uh, some government steps, we'll call it a tax, call it a uh, uh, reduction. I like I like the incentive pro approach for corporations versus the punitive uh, stick approach. So I would love to see um, some compliance um, regulations that 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 basically bring the the cost of uh, the environment and sustainability into the cost of doing businesses. And and we're already seeing businesses budget for it. We're seeing uh, businesses on the but on the um, purchasing side and on the traveling side already budget for this. I like that you say you, you prefer the incentive approach. You know, the, the Inflation Reduction Act in the U.S. is an incentive approach, whereas a lot of the ETS and other uh, things in the US, EU are a stick approach. They're disincentives. Let's talk about the incentive approach for a minute because I think we have a good example. Lufthansa recently launched the Green Fair. This is a special fare class. If you pay more, usually double your lowest economy class fare. You will automatically fully offset your flight. Uh, you will earn double miles. And uh, I think if you travel light as well, there, there are perks. But the key is by paying this higher fare, you offset your flight, you fly carbon neutral, and you earn double miles. My question is, do you think something like this works and you will see this proliferate across airlines? Or do you think this is just a pilot right now may or may not work? Yeah, I'm not sure. And I think they might get some flack for offering uh, double miles, which then result in someone taking a free trip and traveling more. So there are some, some, some challenges with that specific program. I have been talking to people about uh, let's, uh, ideas around using the concepts and the motivations that we've seen around reward programs. So green rewards, um, instead of having it, the perk be more miles, which results in more travel, there's other things that um, you can do. Maybe it's going to be a fast track through security. Maybe it's going to be uh, something else that that is, is maybe it's going to allow you to go and stay at a uh, sustainable resort, something like that. Um, so I do believe that incentives are good. Um, we work with a, a, a fuel producer in or, or a fuel company in New Zealand, and they have a, a rewards program where you you buy fuel which is not great um, but then some of that money can 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 go towards offsets or other perks that are not uh consumption based or or generating more carbon 
that's very very interesting and i thank you for highlighting the fact that you know if you give them double miles they will probably fly more often uh, redeeming those miles hence burning more fuel so the entire thing is in question i think um etihad and qantas both have launched green tiers for the fuel supply program i believe etihad is you know doing a good job because it offers status miles not real miles and you can get to that status and get perks yeah one more question fundamentally do you believe offsetting and paying for the cost of offsetting should be the airline's responsibility or is this something that should be paid for by the passenger on a discretionary basis it's a it's a really good question um i would like to see um how effective we can be with a discretionary approach but i do believe just like i believe that in some cases legislation may be necessary to move the needle i do believe that um we have to find a way to bring it into the cost of travel so if there's a cost and if the only short term solution is offsetting i would love to see a corporation say uh the cost of us doing business and flying people all around the world includes offsetting and that's why we're offering services to them uh, i i'm still I, i still need to think about whether it should be built in as a fee a gas tax uh similar to fuel fuel charge surcharges and security surcharges that have been built into airline tickets uh i would love to see other ways to motivate and incentivize people and corporations but we'll see sorry i i don't have a clear clear vision on that yet no that's fair it's it's an it's an evolving field right it's an evolving field you have of course been with carbon click for less than a year now what gives you the hope about the future and the fact that this technology will scale and offsetting will proliferate across airlines yeah um well i just am looking at the conversations i have are not if but it's more of how and when and uh, do we do it with cargo do we make it voluntary do we build it into a green fare uh uh do we get ahead of the government legislation um uh i i'm heartened to see that uh investors expect their businesses to have a plan i'm also heartened by things i see in the ecosystem around carbon click uh i'm really excited about the the investments in technologies that are going to bring a natural reduction um i i'm really excited to say that in addition to natural based forestry offsetting we uh are starting to see offsets in the area of removing carbon with high tech solutions yesterday i was uh in san jose uh in silicon valley and i was at a um uh uh in incubator selection uh day where there was a bunch of sustainability companies pitching ideas and some of those maybe carbon click will be able to partner with but in other cases there's other people working i don't believe offsetting is the only solution offsetting is a critical piece of how we're going to solve this problem but there's no one solution no one silver bullet offsetting has to be done alongside uh airlines uh purchasing saf fuel and manufacturers uh finding more production facilities for saf so they can get it into the ecosystem so um i'm heartened by what carbon clicks doing and 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 all the people that are trying to get on board and integrate with our platform and i'm also heartened by what i'm hearing those companies are also doing on their um overall sustainability journey. I'm so glad to know that um Stefan I'm also hopeful and excited about the future and 
truly, truly wish you all the best with this transition. Uh, you know, after 20 years in Navitaire, you've taken the plunge. And the last part of this interview is called the rapid fire round. I have not sent these questions to you ahead of time. And I'm going to be asking you some simple questions and you have to tell me what comes to your mind. So, for example, what's your favorite movie? Ooh, favorite movie. That's a tough one. Ah, I don't watch as many movies as I used to. You had a long flight from Singapore recently, didn't you? You must have watched some nice movies on that. Yes. Okay, I just remembered it. Thank you for reminding me. This was a rather dark movie that my son introduced me to. I believe you and I share kind of a, a love for food and cooking. So I, my son and I, are, I love to go to restaurants and we love cooking and we sometimes splurge and go to fancy restaurants. On the way back from uh, um, Singapore, uh, my son had me watch a movie he had seen on the way out called uh, The Menu. And it's about, uh, basically, it, it, it's, a, it's about a, a very exclusive uh, restaurant, highly rated uh, restaurant where people travel to go and, and experience this in, entire experience. And it takes a dark twist or two. So I'll, 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 uh, I'll leave it at that. I will check it out. What about your favorite book? Favorite book? Oh, that, that one's a little bit easier, although I can't just choose one. I would say if, if I have to think back and, and maybe on the, on the theme of what we've been talking about, there's a book called uh, Refuge by one of my favorite writers, Terry Tempest William. Uh, and she talks, uh, she interweaves a story about the Great Salt Lake and the environment here, the bird refuge. We have a, a, a big migratory bird refuge. Uh, many birds from all over the Northern Hemisphere travel through uh, Salt Lake. And, and, and um, she talks a little bit about um, her experiences uh, with that environment. And she interweaves a, a personal story about her mother's uh, death uh, of cancer. And um, it, it's, it's really a, a super poignant, a, a powerful story about nature and about both human nature and, and, and the environment. So, so if you can read anything by Terry Tempest Williams, please do. And then the other book is uh, Hotel on the Corner of Bitter and Sweet, which I love historical fiction. And that's based in Seattle and it has to do with um, the uh, Japanese American experience uh, during World War II, which was, was something we need to learn some lessons from. So I, those are the two. Wow. I learned I learned about two new books today. Thank you. I'm definitely going to check out Refuge uh, as as one of the next books. What about your favorite city? Favorite city? Well, I can't not say New York City. I grew up in upstate New York, but you know, every time I traveled all around the world, and there's just amazing cities in the world. And of course, I love the natural beauty around Salt Lake City. But I compare everything to New York City. No, nothing has the energy and the diversity. When I go back to New York City, it just is this feeling of this is a real city. Um, you know, there's just so many things about it that that make it real. Wow, uh, New York City definitely. Uh, it's it's among the top few for most people, I think. Uh, what is something you want to learn, Seth? What do I want to learn? I would like to learn how to better connect with people um, to solve big problems. I think I'm I'm relatively good at that but I think I wanna listen more. I wanna dig deep into deeper topics. What I've learned since I've joined Carbon Click is there's a whole bunch I don't know about climate science as an example. And I don't need to go down into the, the depth of the science, but I wanna learn a, a lot about it so I, I can bring that knowledge to people who probably are smarter than me in solving that, some of these, these 
scientific challenges we have in front of us and opportunities. That is a good opportunity. Now talking about people, who is the one person you look up to? Oh, I hope I hope you're not looking for a, a name of a business uh, leader or something like that. I, I'm going to say my mom. My mom is, is just turned 80. She has more energy than anyone I know. She doesn't act her age. She's always learning about new topics. She's uh, about as compassionate and she throws herself into solving big problems as she sees it. She taught me to be the environmentalist I am. She taught me to be the problem solver I am. She uh, taught me to be the activist that I sometimes can be in the room. Um, so it's my mom. <laughs> Glad to hear. Very warm and loving. And finally, what is the best advice you've received? <sighs> best advice. Um, I, I have a good friend of mine, and 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 we're both approaching our sort of midlife uh, point in our in our in our career, and some of the transitions that come with that. And I think um, the best advice maybe I've gotten from him is is to just sort of be a little bit more kind and compassionate to myself, and to uh, be patient uh, with people around me, but also with myself. And so I think some advice I, I, I would pass on to people is to take a little pressure off yourself. Don't be selfish, but be uh, compassionate to yourself. Compassion is is overrated, rather underrated, and it begins with yourself. You, If you can't be kind to yourself, it's very hard to be kind to someone else. And I think we often overlook that. Seth, it has been such a pleasure speaking with you. I'm truly delighted that a listener to the podcast listened to one of the guests, got in touch with them, and switched careers. I mean, I'm I'm so humbled that these conversations are having impact on real people's real lives, and and I'm so glad to have played a little little role in your journey. And thank you for sharing uh, your transition and what makes you so excited about uh, Carbon Click as well. Thank you for inspiring. Um kind of the searching of more growth and knowledge. Yeah, it's, it's always a pleasure to speak with you and I do wish you all the best. Thank you, Seth. Thank you for listening to this episode of Sustainability in the Air, the world's first podcast dedicated to sustainable aviation. Awareness is the key to a green future. So please give us your support to help our sustainable aviation insights reach a wider audience. You can do this by sharing us with your network or leaving a review. For more information on how aircraft emissions data can help you reach your sustainability goals, visit Cerium from the link in the show notes. You can start a conversation with us at podcast at simplifying.com. And for more content on sustainable aviation, please visit our website simplifying.com and join the movement.